Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want stats and facts, not long, boring fiction. Know it all with the Sporting Life podcast. Hello and welcome along to a special late night edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast um, because we're actually recording this at it's gone half five. Everybody has gone home. The office Everyone, is empty. No one's here. It's it's. You quite, could hear a pin drop in here, except for the whirring of fantasy football minds. Yeah, they're the only ones working. Well, it looks like they're keeping themselves busy but not really doing anything from a distance but there we go that's uh, the that, uh, that's product manager josh garlic over there as well the man that's been in the empty chair on two occasions this season mm. he's updating some prices he is updating some he's prices. Updating to prices as you mentioned uh, changing the overhaul window again again oh well uh you mentioned no, the window's not changing it's again. not changing it's staying as it is it's staying as it is uh, you mentioned um pri- prices there there's been some transfers we'll touch upon that a little later on we'll talk about the players who've come in um, the prices they are on the game as well whether we're tempted to bring any people potentially into our sides um, as well we'll also kind of look at the transfer figures as well I know that was quite popular last time we chucked them out so we've given Billy the task of finding them out of who's got what where etc we'll also do a little weekend preview as well but we'll start off by reviewing our teams from the recent game week and also we'll give a quick mention to Ultimate Eleven and I mean very, very quick because i got no players. In yeah, it. Ultimate Eleven, obviously pick the 11 highest scoring players of the week for 50 grand jackpot. Um, I went onto my team to check back and thought, this isn't right, product's supposed to show my players in gold when they're, <laughs> when they're a top, goal scorer, top scorer and I got none. I know I had none because I checked my bank balance first before <laughs> looking, I thought I'd just go straight in, none. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't seem to have any gold anywhere. It's a bit weird. <laughs> must be. It must be an issue. I can see some gold on Billy's Billy, screen. Does it work for Billy? There is, and it was the two Manchester boys that got in from my team: Riyad Mahrez, twenty-one points, and Marcus Rashford on fifteen. Oh, I had Riyad Mahrez and my my real team, the proper, the real quiz, if you will. Um, but no, none of them. De Bruyne, not Sterling. I <laughs> had Sterling and he didn't play. Uh, Jimenez, two. Abraham, nine. I'm surprised. Abraham, I thought he might sneak into he, the top three. He probably would have done if Man of the Matches would have counted because he got 12, <sighs> but obviously they don't count in Ultimate 11. It was quite a star-studded lineup as well, to be fair. Talk us through it then. Who who were the Ultimate 11 for Alisson in net. Asper the Quetta, Reese James, Brandon Williams. Quite a young back three. Riyad Mahrez, Abdullah Dekore, Richarlison and... Leander Dendonka in the midfield and a beast of a front three in Sergio Aguero, Marcus Rashford and Gabriel Jesus. Decent team, isn't it? Very, very um, the decent team. closest person to, closest fantasy football player to getting uh, all 11. I think they got six out of 11. If that was you, very That's good effort. That's really good going. That is really, really good going because it's, it's incredibly tough. Um to kind of select so that's the ultimate 11 keep an eye out for that uh, in the future as well we'll look at our teams now and how we have done so i think it's fair to say we've had, we've had a decent week i think all three of us haven't we i think i was the lowest scorer and i had 85 am i right in thinking you two hit three figures we did smith's the highest <sighs> scorer though i should have i should have hit three figures you did 114 have you checked shall i check the team did I? I check it for you i've only got 92 points Let's go. I've just, just absolutely stitched you up there. 92 <laughs> points, yeah. That wasn't even a dig. That was just, you just didn't know. You're the only <laughs> one who hit three figures, Billy. You so got 102. We'll start off with you two first then. Peasants, Save the best till last. The rubbish ones. <laughs> go on, so three on I got 92 points. points. It should have been a triple figure haul. 
not much going on defensively. Gazaniga somehow got five points. Um, <laughs> Mendy played, which is good um, because that's not always happened for me this season. Um, other than that, not a lot going on, I don't think. Um, Vardy picked up five points after selling Marcus Rashford. I was tasked with, with on the podcast selling Marcus Rashford and said, it's great, I'm going to pick him as my captain anyway for Saturday. I mean, I forgot to do it. I genuine forgot to make him my captain. I've scored 18 points, which is good, but I went on to check the scores live and I thought, it should have, maybe his second goal was not added on here yet because this is double points. I then realised Marnie was my captain, so it cost me points there. But then the real stroke of genius, as I would like to see it, was Pulisic obviously being injured on that Sunday morning. I took the decision to take him out and bring in Riyad Mahrez, yes. captained him. Uh, so 42 points. What a save of a game week that I is. I bought in Riyad Mahrez. I captained De Bruyne, though, on the basis oh. that... I mean, it wasn't disastrous. De Bruyne got 16 points for me, yeah. but obviously Mahrez and 21 would have would have given me a, a lot more. But I, I thought it was the safe option really um, to, to go for De Bruyne so it wasn't an absolute disaster so don't you I, I don't want to it's almost blasphemy isn't it to have a go at him I think so I'm not going to go on it enough but one point <laughs> speaks for itself Pereira got four dunk two Guetta four I think he's been a real good addition for me clean sheets are so hard to get so the tactic Just of bank on the saves getting a goalie in who makes a lot of Average saves of four is, five again. is working really now. well for me at the moment since I bought him in uh, so I'm now in a midfield five actually with Charleston again I'm 15 points really happy with Richarlison at the moment um, De Bruyne Mares, Madison Traore didn't do much Vardy and Mane came in for me because I had to make a few changes based on injury suspension uh, etc Bill talks through your 102 am I right 102 points? yeah so my captains alone uh, got me 66 of those points, um, proving again, if you didn't need proof already, how crucial those can be on each of the game days. Baldock uh, was my captain on Friday night, another clean sheet for him. That's 14 points. 36 for Rashford, as Smith touched on, two goals uh, for him. And De Bruyne with an 8, turning into a 16 against Villa on um on Sunday, um, amidst that, we had Abraham, 12 points, and Alexander-Arnold with a nice nine as well. So, sounds like I'm uh, doing a uh, number round on Countdown there. I'm just reeling off all the numbers. Um, but, yeah, I'm very impressed with that. And I wasn't expecting um, as much of a return as what I got. So, yeah, I was quite pleased with the, especially the Rashford. I think that's the highest kind of haul that a single player has got for me over the course of the season. So, I was very surprised that it was Rashford that got me it. Mentioned a few players there. Um, talk us through some of the top performers, actually. I know we mentioned Mares, we mentioned Rashford, Richarlison as well. I think his kind of points haul was on there. But it, uh, it's there's two City strikers. We were rare, we were treated to a bit of rarity from Guardiola and the fact that we always have an yeah. R about Jesus or Aguero. We've got both. And probably at, at the expense of five goals. Yeah, probably at the expense of a few uh, Raheem Sterling fans yes. there as well, obviously, like yourself. But um, Aguero and Jesus obviously paid, paid off a treat. Uh, Mara's just behind. I think, obviously, we we all touched on him earlier on in the season and um, I think you two both went with it and and obviously uh, opted to choose him and, and place him in your side and, and fair play to you. I mean, 122 points for the season um, and that is despite him only playing 12 of those games, well, starting 12 of those games. Obviously, he's come off the bench a fair few times, but 12 games out of 22 to be racking up 122 points is quite phenomenal. And 
I mean, it just goes to show that I think he's third, the third highest scoring midfielder in the game behind Richarlison and Kevin De Bruyne. And he's only played just over half the, the rest of uh, everybody else. So, I mean, we touched on him and we said his points return is good. Can you bank on him in terms of the averages and the points he's producing when often he's rotated? But I think Mahrez has been the, the pinpoint for me out of the team this week. I, I'm dead impressed with him. Brandon Williams made Team of the Week, the Manchester United youngster. He did somebody tip him up on this podcast a well, while ago. Well, I'm going to quiz Play you. The clip. I, Play the clip. I uh, I can't be bothered. It's too late. If we did this earlier in the day, I might, <laughs> might revisit it as in, but I can't be bothered. Some stats for you. 4.8 million. That's We're could, talking like Gilbert and Dan Byrne range there. Could you guess his selected percentage, both oh. overall and in the top 1K? What we're I going for? Select by 0.15 or 0.16%. What do you say in, in top 1K? Overall, 0%. Nobody in the top 1K. Okay, uh, could you do me a quick, if you could say like points per million, what, what do you reckon he's at? He's got to be about five, maybe slightly higher. <laughs> You're pretty much spot on. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Exactly please that. Tell me, please tell me you saw him looking over at my screen then. <laughs> I love the subtle. Uh, is it something? And I, I do like how try to recover very, very specific guesses before by a general one after for the most specific I just know my outcome. stuff. <laughs> just uh, on I that. tipped him up, as I say. <laughs> just I on don't that. mention it. <laughs> Did you put him into your own team? No, of course. Doesn't so. count then, does it? It doesn't count. You don't get the credit if you're not doing it yourself. Two clean sheets for United in the last three games. I mean, I know we're not saying turning a corner because we don't think they have, but perhaps a bit, bit more, well, a bit more, tight, a bit tighter at the back in general, or like the way going forward. Obviously, I had one Bissaka in more from a uh, uh, tackles um, tier bonus kind of thing rather than obviously the prospect of Man United earning clean sheets, but. Liverpool next, then Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea. I mean, we're not really expecting Man United to carry on with, well, the clean sheet ratio of two in three games, are we? No, I think that's the thing. Is he's cheap, so if, you're, if you've got a team built around a cheap player and he probably comes in there because United are better than these bad teams. Um, but you look at those fixtures coming up, I can't see where his next clean sheet comes from, really. You could obviously argue Burnley at home, but United, the way they've looked... Really, I mean, Wolves are probably more at United's level than Liverpool, Chelsea, City, Spurs, who we all face in the next few games. So I don't think there's going to be a big run of clean sheets in there in the next few weeks, at least. And Man United, of course, will concede about six against Liverpool. So maybe oh, yeah, to hold that's off. negative. Um, do, you want to go and, do you want to go into the weekend preview? Should we talk weekend yeah, game? Because it is the start of another double game week. Coming Yay. thick and fast, aren't they? Well... Touch on the first round of fixtures, because yeah. maybe, depending on where we all are next week, we might do, do one before the double game Do a week. Monday pod? We could do, we could do Monday. A Monday pod would be nice. I don't know what I'm doing Monday, I'll probably be about. We could do Monday. We'll do yeah. Monday. So let's choose one of them. Monday. Monday. Why not? So uh, we'll so just we'll do, do a weekend. We'll only do this weekend then, Yeah. Um, because it's quite nice, the kind of half-term reports, half-time reports, if you will, um, to kind of look back and, and look forward as well. So Watford v Spurs on Saturday. That's the early kickoff. What's that? I what hear, are I hear, we I, saying? I've heard a klaxon. Oh, sorry, it's the new signing klaxon. Oh, yes, I was going value. to bring this up, actually. before. In fact, before we get into the weekend preview, we'll, we'll touch on transfers. Talk us through, who, who are we looking at? There's obviously so, one you mentioned there, so the, Gibson. The, the two that I've got um, in fantasy football, one obviously more exciting than the other when you hear his name, um, 
a good shot stopper, nevertheless. That's a hint. Um, so we've got Jedson Fernandez with Tottenham, six point nine million. Talk to me about that price, Smith. It all depends where he plays, doesn't it? So I guess he's been priced by our all-knowing. Um, I like how you say this because of how quiet the office is, and yeah, they can clearly be, hear this. Got to be nice to recently. So I'm sure there's some good thought behind his pricing. Um, for it, once, <laughs> hey, for once. <laughs> Rather than random number generators. Carry He's on. not popped his head up yet. Um, but it is, if he ended up in the team, that would be cheap. Say he took Sissoko's place on the team or something, then that's suddenly a really cheap price for what Ericsson's, people are saying. Is Ericsson goes, slots into that uh, from well, midfield three behind yeah. a striker or something. Seems to be like that. taught that Mourinho's not convinced by Winks, maybe. Um, so if you look across that midfield, if he ended up in the team, he's one of... He'd be the cheapest midfielder, I think, who would be playing for Spurs at that time. I think he could be an option. Uh, obviously, it's one of those I think you would wait and see, but could end up being a very good price, I think. Yeah, I, I did something uh, on the Spot Life website earlier this week about Tottenham's transfer window, actually. And that's the main thing with Fernandes, is how much he's actually going to play. Yeah. I think they're more likely to utilise him in, as the two holding midfielders, because he's not found any consistency. And the thing that strikes me is the fact that he just seems that perfect Mourinho midfielder he's just going to be everywhere you yeah. look at his heat maps etc watch the games at Benfica he's absolutely everywhere he can line up defensive but he can go forward and I'm intrigued by his potential shots bonus as well I don't think he scores a lot but he seems to shoot a lot there seems to be quite a high shots tally as well so is it one that we're going to keep an eye on and then if he starts getting in and getting an extended run That's potentially it. try and get in there before the I think the bandwagon uh, comes along. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's let's be realistic. There's been a time this season where you yourself have had Dale Stevens yep. in your fantasy football team and he costs seven point six million. So that's more than Jetson Fernandez. I think if any sort of a hype around Fernandez is true, then he's possibly good value at nearly a million pounds cheaper than Dale Stevens. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, uh, I mean, there's we're a not going to reflect on it. <laughs> before we move on, because we must move on, but before, there's, obviously, you, you mentioned, Smith, that there was a lot of hype around Dale Stevens Across the whole of this season, consistently and consistently badly, there's been a lot of hype around a certain Nicolas Pepe that comes in at 9.8 million, which would be 2.9 million cheaper um, to deploy the services of Jadson Fernandez. So... If we're going to talk facts, I mean... I'm still waiting for him to on. live up to his 70-odd million and price tag. I think Pepe's coming good, I think. <laughs> Rich Allison is on 138, so I'm looking forward to winning that bet at the end of the year, which says Pepe's going to end the season with more points than Rich Allison because he's currently less than double his points, Deli. I, at some point, probably towards the end of the season, I'm going to just do a compilation. We'll make it like a podcast extra on like just it. Nicholas Pepe chats <laughs> from every episode. It'll be the longest podcast, podcast worst you've ever heard. Or worst shouts. Worst shouts. There'll be some Nicholas awful Pepe. ones, isn't it? Nicholas Pepe. Mason Holgate. Mason Holgate. Mason Holgate's a good Dominic one. Calvert-Lewin will never come good. <laughs> and we'll get the commentary of him. Ah, oh, what a goal, Calvert-Lewin. And we'll go for that as well. Um, I think just on the transfers, one that on. I'm keeping my eye on, and I think on Monday, I think we'll aim on Monday, to, if it's not happened before then, to yep. give you a bit of an exclusive on what Mbwana Samata, who looks like he's signing for Villa, is going to be priced at because I've never heard of him. To I be ha- hadn't really heard of him, but Villa don't have a striker. 
he's not signing for that much money, which tells me that the it's fantasy football good. boffins might not be pricing him <laughs> at that higher price. So if he ends up Villa's sole striker and he's cheap on the game, then he could be an option, I think, because the fixture's coming up. I mean, he's not going to play at Brighton on the weekend, but after that, we've got Watford. So I think he could be a massive differential if he comes in at a cheap price point. It's a very good shout. We will lobby the makers of a game for a cheap price. Has there ever been a case where a player has actually, his fantasy football price has ever outweighed his real price? There must be. Do we, there's got, must be one case of it somewhere. If if fantasy football was up and running when Bebe signed for United, I think that potentially could have been because yeah. he signed for seven million, never lived up to the seven million, and he probably would have been about. I mean, if the fantasy football gurus have anything to do with it, it'd probably been about ten million on our game <laughs> signing for United. So there we go. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep that in mind. We'll try and work some historic ones out that we think might have happened in this case. Um, any others that you, you want to mention? Just on um, transfers. Go on. We've got the statistics here. Yes, the average with statistics. Average remaining uh, Sky Sports Fantasy Football transfers are as follows. So if you're in the top 10, again, like we always said, you're struggling. You've got an average of 5.8 transfers left. Top 100. Gone too early. Gone too early, yeah. Your race is ran. <laughs> Uh, top 100, you've got an average of 10.1 transfers left. If you're in the top 1,000, very well done at the moment, but can you sustain it? 11.1 transfers left, and the top 5,000 opening that bracket out is still only just a bit higher, an average of 11.9 transfers left. So you see there the top 5,000. Um, I mean, 12 transfers left at this stage. You're going to be struggling if there's injuries. Obviously, we've got the overhaul. You're going to need a big overhaul period in order to kind of pick out the players you want in, deploy them, and hopefully that will run its course for at least four or five weeks because you can't afford to keep chopping and changing now. You literally don't have the resources to do it. So if you're above that, you, you're laughing at the moment, really. At the moment, yeah. I think that there's real potential for a late resurgence, even with the overhaul coming up in, I don't even know what date it is anymore, second a of, weeks' time. Second of February, yeah. So we're, what, two, three weeks-ish yeah. away from that. The real potential for a kind of late season surge absolutely. into the top five k, top one k, whatever you're aiming for pre season. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously the overhaul does benefit those that have perhaps used more transfers because it kind of gives you a chance to refresh your team, rejigging according to fixtures, bodies, etc. Transfers, if, if you're taking that into account, obviously it's post transfer deadline day, so that will help. But yeah, I mean. If you're looking to get into those top 5,000 or top 1,000 thresholds, there's no reason why you can't do it if you've got anything above 12 transfers and more. So, Great. Quick weekend preview then. Let's, let's have a little look through some of the fixtures. Um, mentioned it before, uh, the little transfer segment there. Watford v Spurs. This is an, uh, an intriguing game, isn't it? The um, kind of Watford resurgence. I went down to the Tottenham Hotspur Megadome, whatever it's called, for the first time on Tuesday. <laughs> Very nice stadium. Unbelievable stadium. Um, which may means that I've missed Love Island two nights in a row now. <laughs> so I've got some serious catching up to do um, there. But It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. I missed that because I went to cinema last night. Watched that 1917. Good film. 4DX. Didn't know what it was until I bought the ticket. <laughs> that was an experience, let me tell you. Moving seats. What You never, you never heard? I didn't know this until no. afterwards. Oh, okay. You, you know, you just buy the ticket. And she's like, and 4DX? And you just go, yeah. And afterwards, like, what? What is that? I know what you signed Moving up seats, for. sprays water at you, like air canisters by your ears. So when the bullet goes past, it's like, Shh. it's like, oh, I like it. Sounds like an idea of fantasy football next season. This fantasy is, uh, football 4DX. <laughs> K- 
keep that write that down so we don't forget it we'll work on it we're, we're not we're just the ideas people we don't know how it works but we'll make it work um Watford v Spurs then uh, this is uh, an intriguing one Watford 94 outsiders for victory but you wouldn't back against them actually, at all based on this little resurgence I actually have them down as favourites really um, the way Spurs are playing especially away from home I just think they're so frail at the minute don't think you could back them um, obviously wouldn't rule them out from springing a surprise well not really a surprise but wouldn't rule them out winning 2 or 3 nil. but by the same token Nigel Pearson got Watford just playing back to what they know back to basics and playing the normal game of football mentioned Troy Deeney had scored 3-7 that's now 4-8 he looks to be back to his best after injury so I was happy to see him score um, again and I'm going to just keep monitoring him I think uh, potentially for an overhaul move in the coming weeks Decore made team of the week didn't he, he last did week indeed, as well yeah. I mean this looks like the type of game where potentially some more points to be had for him if you have him in his team I know we talked transfers before if I was around the 10-11 mark I'm sitting pretty on 13, all the way up <laughs> on 13, because of damn injuries and suspensions. Um, I, I'd be quite tempted if I had him in potential captaincy, looking yeah. at the fixtures. I mean, definitely no clear-cut games going on on Saturday. Definitely the way they're playing, you wouldn't rule against the likes of Decore, Dale Lafayette, obviously, Smith's golden child, along with all the others. I was going to tee you up, see if you want to have any, to say any propaganda you want to go about him. Not more expensive than Decore, you've got to get him in. I've not got him in a minute, but... We love him. You never follow these shouts. I've noticed this. You always say something on this podcast. You no, could I be did. like, he leads be them astray. Thousand points ahead of us by now. If you followed all your, I did Delafeo, and yeah, I took him out. I think looking at fixtures at one point, but I mean, got points turns against United, Sheffield United, then Wolves. So three in the last five games, he's got like well more than you'd expect, particularly fourteen points against Wolves. So he'd probably still be where I was looking rather than Decore. I think. Do you want to go on to the three PMers? Should Absolutely. we yeah. six of them through them? Yeah, there's loads of them on Saturday um, this week. Arsenal, Sheffield United, Brighton v Villa, Man City v Palace, Norwich v Bournemouth, Southampton Wolves, and West Ham Everton. Where do you want to go? Where stands out as potential points to be had? Do we think out of those fixtures? You've got to start at City, haven't you? They could perform there and they could do anything. I just be. think. Pa- Not yeah, necessarily pa- just City players and Palace players as well, are we thinking? Oh, I think City. Really? Could, okay. I don't. I know Palace are generally a solid team, but I honestly think sometimes it doesn't matter what you send to Etihad. You, there's a chance you could get it done for anything. Um, City turn up, I wouldn't back against it being five again. Um, so it's, again, it's probably picking those City players. I've got that bit of dilemma of my standout captain for Saturday is probably Mares, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility if he doesn't play, as we saw with Sterling at the weekend. So, City players, it's picking the right players. Maybe De Bruyne is a safe shout, but I think, yeah, big City win again. Does Guayata make more points from saves than he loses from goals conceded? If that makes Quite sense. Possibly, what do yes. we think? Do we think, yes. he make, do we think the saves bonus <laughs> makes up? Because, I, I mean, I've got him, but I know he's quite a popular goalkeeping choice this year, obviously, with the bonuses that he hits. What do we think? Do we think the saves are going to outweigh the goals conceded? I want to say yes for your sake, but even if it's 3 0, he saves. I mean, even if it's 3 0, he loses the two points that he starts, but he gains three probably from saves to two. So he's still only going to be getting three points. I mean, it's three point. It's a point extra than what you'd probably expect him to get against City. Um, but 
I mean, strange things have happened. As, a, as an opposition yeah, goal at City. That's, you're not going to get much more yeah. from anywhere else. Strange things have happened, though. I mean, obviously, Wolves went there and kept a clean sheet. Probably Patricio on the day got uh, tier two uh, bonus points in saves as well. And then, obviously, we've got um, the likes of... I mean, Palace obviously went there last year and won. Um, obviously, Townsend scoring the worldie, but... I don't think Lightning will strike twice, and you never know with City they could go there and pump seven or eight past them. So they, did, they looked like they weren't even trying at Villa. Honestly, they didn't yeah. even look like attack v defence almost, wasn't it? It was it was absolute um, chaos. So we're saying City then were keeping the likes of Ma- it'd be harsh even by Pep standards to drop Mares after last week, wouldn't it? Keep Mares and think Palace and Sheffield United as long as he gets. And then 120 minutes across the two. Maybe starts one, comes one off the bench. You're pretty happy, I think, that he's going to score enough points to make him worthwhile. I don't think there's anyone who you'd be looking at and thinking, oh, I've got to get them instead of Maris, So, Would you captain him as your Saturday captain? Would you risk? Would you be willing to risk him as a captaincy choice as there at 3pm? I was going to say... It's we'll probably come on to it later, but I think I'd be tempted. OK. OK, where, where else should we go? Um, should we talk Arsenal, Sheffield United? I know... Yeah. I don't. I, Arsenal are weird. I know Aubameyang's now out. I think that was a, a very popular choice for a lot of people. It's forced myself included um, into making some changes. I mean, Sheffield is, United, a Baldock, a Stevens, could they shine in a game like this? Do we think? Well, I didn't say Arsenal. What do we think Arteta will do? Because the one thing Aubameyang could open up is Martinelli again, and. That could be a one-week hit. Is it 6.3 from midfield as well? What about... Well, could it, could like it be a one-week hit? Because, on. obviously, I think there's like three games heading into the overhaul now. Could Martinelli play in all three and you've got a 6.3 million midfielder instead of an 11.7 or... I think it's 11.7 million striker. 6.6 million. Can I chuck a curveball to you? Go on. What about Eddie Nketiah? I know he's stayed. He's not going out on loan. He's, but... he's staying now, isn't he? I mean... But is he really ahead of Martinelli in the pecking order? Well, the the fact that they're keeping him and not loaning him out again, based on the fact that Arteta has liked what he's seen in training, he likes his attitude, etc. That suggests to me... I mean, he got recalled from his loan spell at Leeds because he wasn't playing. So it would be daft for them to recall him for not playing and then never play him in any capacity when he's there, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it at Man United. We've seen it at loads of top clubs this season. The young players coming through. Aubameyang suspended. Lacazette could be off. He's been linked to one of the Milan clubs as they're buying absolutely and everyone. Or? I mean, come on. I'll it leave, could happen. I'll could leave happen. you two Leeds fanboys to gush about Eddie and Ketty. I'm staying think, out of it. I just think it's 6.6 6 million. <laughs> it's not a bad for an shot. Arsenal forward, if he's staying... Would I risk it? Probably not. I'd get... Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna monitor this situation very. Come very back closely. to us. Come back to us. But when he scored 12 by the end of the season <laughs> and he's had a storming, we'll re- we'll revisit this part uh, of the podcast. Um, any other free PMs we want to mention? Um, Do we think uh, probably away at West Ham? The David Moyes derby is no one's calling it. Um, yeah, just West Moral Ham. Charles I mean, propaganda. Do we want to? West Ham have a bit of a bit of a shocker coming up, don't they? We've got Everton. Then the next three away games, Leicester City and Liverpool. Oh, wow. I know they've they've got that double game, like they've sort of got that extra game uh, with Liverpool coming up. But in terms of each fixture in its own right, it's pretty bleak, I think, for them. Um, not rushing for any West Ham players, I don't think. But Everton, 
Mason Holgate, I'll keep on banging on about him. He's cheap, he's playing. Everton are improving. Yeah. Um, it randomly reminded me, can we um, do some more propaganda-based praise of the game? Because I noticed this last night when I was kind of... Or it might have been even... Yeah, this afternoon when I was playing around in the app. The injury updates, have we seen this now? The yeah. little little update. We were talking about this earlier. It's we're very give, quirky. Like, we give our product cool. manager enough stick. We're, so let's congratulate let's him on some good work. Due. I think it... So I've nice just clicked addition. on Pat Van Aanholt, still in 5.37% of teams. So he's got a hamstring injury, and I know that you substituted a hamstring injury in the match against West Ham on the 26th for the 12th. No time frame has been put on his return. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very, very cool. So definitely one kind of uh, a little quirky yeah. feature that's, so that's that definitely going to help us. Saves me Googling when is Van Haan oh, going yeah, to come it's, back. It's so, it's so hard and you have to trawl through the quotes, yeah. the manager quotes and find out everything. So it's quite, quite a quirky That's been feature. applied to both injuries and suspensions. So if you were to go and click on, if you still had a Bamiyang inside and you were to click on a Bamiyang, he'd say that he was sent off against Palace on X, yeah. Y and Z. Suspended for, for three, three matches, matches on 11 of the one. Estimated return date 0202. Yeah. Quite cool that. Quite cool. Um, should we, a quick mention, do we have anything to say on Newcastle-Chelsea or do you want to move on Sunday's fixtures? Just um, stand out? apart from, well, no, just apart from the game, oh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. The only person that's catching my eye is Tammy Abraham as potential captain choice. Obviously, De Bruyne is up there against Palace at home, but Abraham's got the capacity to score against uh, Newcastle, who are very much so injury hit at the minute. On to Sunday then, we've got, just the two fixtures we've got: Burnley v Leicester. I'm well, never sure with Burnley. I, I wouldn't back anyone. To, I still have that mentality of I wouldn't back anyone to win at Turf Moor, and I know it's just not true. Having seen them, watch them in the the pub yeah. against Manchester United over Christmas, and they were dreadful. And then it's Liverpool, Manchester United as well. What, captaincy choices. We'll start with that on the Sunday. That there's so many questions in these games, but. Are we looking at Liverpool? Is that yeah, I've got Mane at the minute, so it'll be, be Mane for me. It would have been Salah. If, if I could pick any player on that, out of those games, it would be Salah, I think, but Mane just... We'll talk Liverpool, Man United in a minute, but Burnley, Leicester, yep. then, I mean, I know Leicester players, we say this every week, are so popular because of their price and points return. You, It's weird, because you don't want to say it's starting to come apart a bit, but... They've not been great in recent weeks, have they? They've not been great results-wise. Not all. I just think you've got to kind of take a closer view as to why that's pro probably unfolded. So you've got obviously the likes of the City away game and Liverpool at home, um, which, the I mean, the Liverpool one was a shocker and it probably put into context just how far they are away from where they need to be. And a lot of the players probably had reality checks as to where kind of level that they're, they're aspiring to be, even the likes of Vardy and Madison. But a week later, they go and annihilate Newcastle and, and they beat West have Ham about a thousand passes changes. or whatever it was. Yeah, that's true. And then obviously Southampton, I mean, I'm not saying you back Southampton against everyone in, any, anyone in the league at the minute, but the way they're playing 13 points from the, the last uh, 15, they're a very decent side. So And the, the more, Hassan Utl's got them set up to play a much more expansive style of football away from home kind of hit teams on the counter get it into wings and work off him um, and they're playing really well for each other at the minute Southampton so potentially the lesser result yeah it was a shock but it wasn't like they were playing an awful team Southampton now in 12th three points off Wolves in 7th so and they I'd, play Wolves on Saturday yeah, don't they I'd still I'd still 
I'd still back. I've obviously got Vardy, Madison, and Soyuncu. I'd still back any one of those to do me a job on uh, on Sunday. And I'm going to probably look at the starting lineups, and I'm probably tempted to go with one of those three as opposed to Rashford, who's obviously got uh, Liverpool away on on the Sunday. So, word on Burnley: if you had to have one player, <laughs> who would you go for? One of these hypothetical things, because I mean, right? Should we look at their forwards? So Chris Wood. A 75% of chance of playing hopes to recover from a broken nose to face Leicester. Oh, when right. did you get that? He just, he's, got a bro- he's just turned this up is, with a facial this injury. Is, this is brilliant. Um, Ashley Barnes, rest of the FA Cup tie against Peterborough as he manages an ongoing groin problem. His oh, manager said he will almost definitely miss the Chelsea game on the 11th of the 1st, <laughs> which he did. And we'll see a specialist to determine the extent of his issue. will undergo hernia surgery on the 17th and faces a spell on the sidelines. Oh, God. I shouldn't be laughing, but are, are they all injured? J- I mean, uh, I'm looking at this and they've all J- got... Ro- J- J- Matters Vitra, isn't it? Jay Rodriguez, 75% chance of playing. His manager reported on the 9th that he'd been ill for four days. He was assessed ahead of the Chelsea game, was not involved. He reported back to training on the 16th, which is today. I have not had to leave the app to tell you any of that. How cool That's is that? That's very but, cool. I mean... Very cool. You attempt to buy a, a Tarkowski, maybe someone like that. You're looking at the tackles, bonuses. You pass it. Out. This I'm is all gonna, hypothetical. This say, is not yeah, saying you have to yeah, get a burner. But if I was you just had to say, pick if, one, I, if I had to get, yeah, Nick Pope. I was going to say <laughs> Nick Pope. No, yeah, I don't know. If you're on about your tears uh, for saves, Nick Pope's obviously a good shout. Um, I was just going to shut you down and say hit save no, too. But hypothetically, like you say, um, perhaps Dwight McNeil down the left. I mean potential to create chances but apart from that yeah I'm struggling I'm yeah, struggling it's like the Watford of old when we were talking about which oh, Watford yeah. players to bring in earlier on earlier on in the season when they were slumping dramatically um, so yeah it'd be interesting none of us have any Burnley players do we because no. we're normal people right <laughs> so I think I'm fair in saying that that no hypothetical situation will change tell us my who mind. you've got though yeah, yeah. get in touch. Let us know if you have any Burnley players and why. Give us a definition, please. Give why? us a definition because <laughs> we need to know it. Um, Liverpool, Manchester United then. Liverpool are going to hammer them, aren't they? It's Liverpool are absolutely going to turn them over. This is the Manchester United Anfield in what is likely to be a record-breaking season for Manchester uh, for Liverpool. Probably Manchester United as well. They might go down. Um <laughs> Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool have got to have circled this game and go, we need to make a point here, don't we? We need to make a point. They're hitting five. They're hitting at least five in this game. I hope so. And With everything that's going against Solskjaer at the minute, if it's four or five, it'll be interesting to see what United do because he seems to have... I know like match-going fans seem to dispute this a bit and maybe it is just a an online less real United fans um, saying it but it does seem a, to be a bit of a sway against Solskjaer um, obviously what he said about City and won't go over it because it's absolute nonsense um, I think he's lost it a bit but it was funny though it from was an outsider very, perspective oh it was very very funny, very funny. Um, let's not take that away <laughs> but I think if Liverpool do score four or five then could be it's that sort of game isn't it you question it's just such a... Sorry, can I... Sorry, we'll let you finish your point because as you've been explaining that, you had some fluff or something on your shoulder which Billy has then... Billy has picked off and basically, like a mother figure, has cleared, cleaned you up, basically. Carry on. Um, I was going to say, yeah, it could be... I think I said it last time around, that Liverpool United, you can never you can never bank on anything. Um, and it ended up a draw, obviously. And... Bit of VAR in there. Liverpool actually got 
it look in the end um, with Lana getting that goal. But everything in your head does say Liverpool, loads of goals, Trent, Van Dyke, any of the front three, yeah. all of those big point scorers. And I'm not I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you um, to play devil's advocate, but I don't necessarily see it as that. Yeah, Liverpool could easily pump them, tub them, whatever you want to call it, but I think it's just a results business for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool at the minute. Obviously, that would be getting the result more and then some if they do. Um, thump them four or five, but I think genuinely, obviously, any Liverpool fan would take a one nil or two one. But I oh, can yeah. generally see that unfolding. I think Man United will shape up the same way as they did at Old Trafford. They almost played that as as an away game, um, and obviously they were at home. They were celebrating it like they'd won. They'd only got a one one draw then, and I think they'll be setting up the same way, just trying to nullify the Liverpool back, uh, the Liverpool wide men. Front three, obviously, the service into the front men through the midfield. Um, don't necessarily think they'll be able to do that for 90 minutes <laughs> if they manage it for 45 fair play. But I think it's just a results business and I could generally see Liverpool just putting one or two past them and it might take them a while to, to do that. Would you agree, though, that you, whatever your transfer situation, um, however many you've got left, even if you're one of those in the top 10 who've rinsed them all and don't have any left um, you have at this point going into this week you have to have a Liverpool player yep 100% because think... there's oh yeah with you've their fixtures to, and then you've got Wolves and West Ham so an extra game and both those games are on days where nobody else is playing so you're not going to make it through the next two three weeks without a Liverpool player are you no I, I think, you need at least one. Yeah, realistically, especially if you're in the leaderboards, paired leagues, uh, challenging in mini leagues with your mates, I think you've got to you've got to be having a Liverpool one of the Liverpool front three, and if not, you know, like Trent, Van Dijk, Robertson, and even Gomez. We touched on. I think you, we both touched on him, didn't we? At nine point two million, Gomez. I think obviously all the Liverpool back back four, including Allison. I think they've got six successive clean sheets now, which is pretty tremendous considering we were all saying that the the back five weren't nowhere near as good as what they were at the start uh, well throughout the course of last season yeah right here and now I'm, I might do it I might not I might wait tempted to in fact after Saturday's game I'll take Mendy out and I'll get Trent in I think yeah yeah I, like I mean it. I've just been looking at it there actually because I've got 2.3 million in the bank I might take Madison out I know he did alright in Newcastle but he's not really done much has he go it, to a back four honest. yeah I do you're not going to get a Liverpool midfielder, are you? I mean, Jordan Henderson potentially was the the one tackles passes tier. You look at it; he's he does five, clock them up eight, to be fair, etc. So that that's a maybe, but yeah, I might go to a a Trent, maybe Trent Lewis Dunk Pereira signing just, two at the back. Just on that, I've got um, a big question. Oh my word! You didn't even prep us for this. Go I on, didn't, drop I didn't it prep in. It. I just kind of thought it on the uh, like on the. On the bounce? On the spot. On the spot, God, yeah. It is late in the day, mate. You can cut me some slack, can't you? No, no. carry on. <laughs> um, so, these include more than four options, but hear me out. So, obviously, just over the halfway point in the season, who will be the highest, Who will finish as the highest-scoring player in fantasy football this season? Will it be A, any of the Liverpool defenders? Currently, Trent Alexander-Arnold on 140, Van Dijk on 148. Will it be B, Kevin De Bruyne, currently on 170 points? 
Or will it be C, Jamie Vardy, 166 points? Or D, I'm going to go with Marcus Rashford instead of Sadio Mane. Four points between them, so we can have a play around. Um, Marcus Rashford on 161. So will it be any of those four categories that end up being the highest scoring player in fantasy football this year? There we go then. There we go. So who will be the highest scoring player on fantasy football? But I think we'll bring it to an end there. I Absolutely. Think we'll... we'll We'll do one Monday. We've mentioned it there. We'll do a little half-time report on Monday, shall we, if we're all about? Yeah, it's quarter past six. So let's it's quarter past six. <laughs> let's get gone. Aidan wants to go to the pub, um, as we all do. So we'll, we'll finish it there. Captains, as usual. Just Saturday, just Sunday. Talk to me. Who are we going for? I'm going to go Mares then Marnie. <sighs> da, da, da. Let's hope Mares starts. I'm going to go Abraham Vardy. De Bruyne, I think, Mane. So I think we're all on pretty similar yeah. wavelength there. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave it at that then. Good luck on the first half of the um, latest double game week. And we'll see you for the second. We will. Hopefully we'll have some transfers by then. Indeed. Hopefully some... Quite quiet. Some reveals. Yeah, that's what we want, isn't it? We've not been... It's always the way, though, isn't it? You never get any good ones early in the window. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Best of luck. We'll speak to you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Sporting Life podcast. For more, visit sportinglife.com. And you can find us on social media, at Sporting Life on Twitter, and at facebook.com forward slash Sporting Life Official.